Now we want to look at the next tableau. It's Jesus coming to the disciples. They're not out looking for him at the grave like Mary is. They're all in a room. It's understandable. They wouldn't bother a woman they were they were a man. That guy was a revolutionary, but here's his friends, you know. They're not going to say that about a woman. Nevertheless, it isn't a sterling example of courage. When it was evening on that day, same day as Mary, the first day of the week, and the doors were closed where the disciples were because of the fear of the Jews. Now again, the Jews doesn't mean every Jewish person. But it means the leadership in Jerusalem and all those who were opposed to Jesus. See? So they're in there, they got the door locked, they got the windows locked, they got everything locked. Doesn't make any difference to Jesus. Jesus just came and stood in their midst and said, Shalom! Uh, I want to point out Shalom Lachem. Shalom. Shalom means everything present in a relationship that ought to be there. That's Shalom. See, for us in this world we live in, Shalom means less fighting. But Shalom means everything in the relationship that ought to be there between God and ourselves is there. So what is he saying? There is Shalom now. I have died and I took all the sin of the world and I brought it into my heart and I carried it to the Father and you're all reconciled. Shalom. And then he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples rejoiced. And now we have this word again. Seeing the Lord. Now we're going to try to work on that word either this time or next time. Because you see, our Lord says to us through the, the uh, Last Supper Discord, you will see me. Well, how do we see him? As we grow in our knowledge of Jesus, we know him, we know he's there, even in darkness, and we see him. Now it can get darker than that for time, but not. We know. He says to Philip, to be recorded for posterity. He who sees me sees the Father. But well, why would Jesus say that if it's just for the apostles? Does he mean a vision? Jesus is going to stand there like Mary Magdalene? No. It means in our spirit, we know him. We know him. We see him that way. And so, you see, first day of the week, the doors were closed where the disciples were. Because of the fear of the Jews, Jesus came, doors closed, doesn't make any difference, stood in their midst and said, Shalom. After saying this, he showed his hands and his side to them. And then they got it. Do you see the delicacy and the thoughtfulness of Jesus? Look, I'm going to prove it's me. For all eternity, I'm going to have holes in my hands and a big scar in my side and holes in my feet for all eternity. That's part of the 
heritage I got from walking on the globe. But it'll show you always who I am. You'll never doubt it. When I come to you, you know it's me. Nobody can take it down. I can impress that reality on you. That's what he means by see. I know you're here. I know you're here. Isn't that beautiful? So they know because what they can see with their eyes, his body is still there. So they're happy. Well, of course they're happy. There he is. Not only because they love him, but whew, our master is back. We're not confused and disjointed and don't know what to do anymore. The boss is back, if you like, much more than that. The Lord is back. Then he said to them again, Shalom lachem, peace to you. And now he commissions them. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Now, if you take these words and bring them back into the discourse we had before the Passion. You see, how does the Father send the Son? Communion of love. It's a communion of love. That's how he sends the Son. Uh, and so I send you the same way. I am in a communion of love with you. And so I send you, but I never leave you. You see? Then this remarkable text. And saying this, he breathed on them. Except you sin. Where is that? Enephisusen. Um, I'm sorry, I had the wrong word. Enephisusen. Okay? Now, he breathed on them. You want to find another time where that exact same Greek word comes? Look at the creation story in the Septuagint. In the Greek translation of the Bible, God has just formed Adam from the soil and he breathed on him, right? It's the same word. He gave him life. And some of the fathers of the church say, you see, you just didn't give Adam breathing life. He gave him the Holy Spirit. And when he sinned, he lost the Holy Spirit, who was the power holding his whole being, physical and spiritual together for all eternity. He lost the Holy Spirit. So he fell apart. He died. But one day, the Holy Spirit will so invade us with the whole Trinity that the very Trinitarian life is what will keep us alive, body and soul, for all eternity. Anyway, he breathed on them. Now, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you hold the sins of any, they are held. Now, we're fortunate to have, and I'm going to try to be brief about this, um, some texts. I think I've mentioned these texts before. A Targum, Targum just means translation, but when you say the Targum, you mean those Aramaic translations of the Bible that were all around in Jesus' time. Most of our manuscripts post-date that time by a little, but the tradition was already there. Peshat, simple, straightforward, which doesn't mean our historical, critical, uh, linguistic, which is very good and very valuable. But it means, how is this text understood? So in that argument, 
that I should have brought it with me. In other words, if you look at your Bible, uh, in Genesis 4, there's a mysterious thing happens. Uh, I'll try to show it to you. Uh, Genesis 4. And Adam knew Heva, his wife, and she conceived and she bore and gave birth to Cain. Cain. And she said, Kaniti, Cain, Kaniti, you see, I have acquired a man by the Lord. And again she conceived and she bore his brother, Heva. Heva, we say, Heva means. What's the right? Like tumbleweed, you know, late, like that. The other was probably linked to um, artisan. Okay. So then, um, God warns him. And Adonai said to Cain, Why um, are you mad? Why is your face fallen? Isn't if you do well, there will be success? And, um, if you do that, you see, behold, sin is lying at wait at the door, and his desire is for you to, to dominate you. Tim Shol, Tim Shol, Tim Shol. Then the text says, "Vayomer Kain el Heber, Heber Achiv, like." And Cain said to his brother Abel, and then the next word is, um, where was I just then? Uh, brother Abel. And behold, when the two of them were in the field, something fell out. Well, the Targum, a translator, he's standing over in the corner of the synagogue, probably getting ready to preach. You know, translators like, uh, Air can't stand a vacuum. There's something fell out of the sacred text, and we won't know exactly what it is till we get to heaven. But the translators, they weren't going to say, you see, uh, and um, uh, Cain said to his brother, quit. I mean, what did he say? See what I mean? Okay. That space is filled up with about five or six lines of text in the Targum. You see, because the, the, the translator is a, embroidering it to make it make sense to the people uh, and get ready to preach. Now that discussion, all at least in all the manuscripts we have, that discussion is about good works. It's about, you know, Abel saying, if you did your good works, you'd be okay, you know. And finally, Cain slew him. First murder over good works, as it were. Now, if you look in the first letter of John, that tradition, which is in these Aramaic translations, I hope you're following me. Popular translations are in Aramaic. They got this vacuum, they fill it on. This is what they were arguing about. They got so bad, Cain finally killed him. Look at first John. And why did he kill him? 
because uh, his worked for evil and his brother's worked for good. The same thing. Why do I need all that? Because here, the words they use for hold and absolve are the words that are in this uh, Joanite text in Greek. You know, uh, if you forgive, uh, you see, if you afite, if you let go, the same kind of expression, except in Hebrew, in the text, they are forgiven them. And if you keep krati, which is, they are, they have been kept. They're kept. Okay. What does that mean? They certainly give us some huge power. Part of that power is to decide who can partake of the literature. That's the whole point. So, if I go off and start living with Susie and I don't marry her, I can't come to the liturgy. But, if I repented my sin, then the apostles, those are the bishops, have the power to free me from that and let me come once again to the liturgy. You see, that's the underlying sort of thought. The apostles and those are the bishops. And so they can delegate to the priests, and they have to, because, I mean, in every diocese there's thousands of people. So the bishop gives what's called faculties to the priest. But it's the bishop's prerogative. In the old days, when the little groups were there, and the bishop was the head, they all went through Lent, or maybe more, for your penance, three years over there were the penitentes. So you were there every Sunday liturgy, up until the credo. And then you got to go. That's why in that liturgy we sing, the doors, the doors, let us attend in wisdom. What doors? The doors of the church. Everybody out who's not in good standing, because now we're going to receive the Eucharist. Now, I, I know that right. I used to celebrate that right quite a bit. And if there were Easterners there, we would say kind of, not just the doors, the doors, because it's old-fashioned. What does that mean? anybody has a real grudge against his neighbor, he should leave now. So they'd go out. Sometimes they'd go out saying, looking at the guys because of you, I'm going out. You know? But they'd go. And then one day, you can get him reconciled, he comes back in. So, that's what's underlying this thing. You see? If you do well, but as John says here in the in the uh, letter, why did he kill him? Because his work for evil and his brother's work for good. So that's the power that Jesus gives the apostles, and he gives it to them by breathing the Holy Spirit. It's a new creation. The church is a new creation. The church is the new Eve, born from the side of Christ. And the church has this power. And all that power of the church, you see, is in Mary, because she's the first Eve. I hope that's clear. So, the conclusion would be, these two words were, that I haven't given you, Asar and Sarah, uh, in, a, in, the, in the book of Job, you have the princess, and he loosed the sin for them, that's the sin of the Ninevites, and he forgave them. So, loose and forgive. And then, you see, Bind and loose, I'm going to just read this a little indicates an exercise of authority whose exact import depends upon the context. 
it can apply to a body of elders whose authority is clear because of a traditional mode of recognizing authority within a religious tradition. It may refer to legitimizing or invalidating a private decision or vow, or it may refer to allowing something back in, someone back into the community after a grave offense.